We'd like to thank our sponsor, SLC Guitar, for another sweet guitar riff. Welcome to another episode of Build with Breen Homes, where we talk all things construction, business management, and just have a good old time behind the microphone. Mr. Breen! What's going on, brother? How are you doing, man? I am doing. Yeah, it's one of those weeks already. It. It's been a long one. I don't know. I don't know why. It's been a long one. Yeah. I've had this headache for some reason that's traveled like up my back to right here. Oh, damn. And it's really? killing me, dude. It's killing me. I, I swear it's been like gym, stress, like fatigue, probably dehydration because it's so freaking hot. Uh, you probably need some whiskey. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> whiskey fixes everything, man. I could probably find a bottle or two. <laughs> How do we always go back to whiskey, man? Yeah, I'm telling you, whiskey. I'm not even a big drinker. I'm not even a drinker. It, whiskey. It solves everything. <laughs> That's all there is to it. Whiskey is a cool looking drink. I'll give it that. Yeah? Yeah. The like, short the short glass, the square, you know, the round square cylinder glass, the yeah. big cube of ice. Yeah, buddy. Pour that, you know, yeah. caramel looking flavor over the top. It's a cool looking drink. And then you just sip on it. Oh, man. You know, it's not like some of the other drinks that you just pound back. Whiskey's a cool looking drink. Whiskey is one. It's like whiskey and smoking a cigar. It's cool. Goes hand in hand. If you're an old man. I went to the Snoop Dogg concert. Yes. <laughs> you were supposed to come. Yeah. To Don't Speaking get me started. Smoking, you know. Don't get me started. It was awesome. Yeah. Was it good? It was great, dude. It was so awesome. So Snoop Dogg, who and who? Let's who? see. We had mainly Snoop Dogg and Wiz Khalifa. Oh, uh, too short was there, and then a couple other randoms. I didn't. I got a little late. Yeah. Uh, so I just saw really Wiz Khalifa and Snoop Dogg, and I am not a concert goer. Like it is not my jam. Yeah. Right. Uh, so I was kind of like, yeah, huh, we should go. They're good friends that invited us. You know, like middle of the week, it's 104 degrees outside. <laughs> but let's just go. Right. So we roll down, and uh, dude, by the end of the show, I was like, "Oh, Snoop Dogg's so badass!" You know, like, he just <laughs> thank he God just, he wins. Yes, that was so fun, and he just gets beat. He just he just encompasses cool. Absolutely, man. he just has got it figured out. Absolutely, you know, I, who else do you know could be sitting there with a rolled with a big old fat doobie on the front of a Cadillac, sitting on the stage and just rapping away, and everyone loves him. Not a and he's like sixty years old. Not a <laughs> he is that old. Yes, is he? dude. Holy crap, I didn't think about that. Yeah, I was, I, in fact, as we were driving out there, I told Connie, I said, uh, is, what is he going to, like, even rap? What is he even going to play, you know, yeah. so to speak? Yeah. And uh, so she pulled up his albumography or whatever you'd call it. Uh-huh. And uh, she's like, he's had a new album almost every single year since 1990, minus COVID years. Holy crap. I and I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. Are you Neither did I. Neither did I. Awesome. Okay, now I got to look that up. There you go. Oh, That's crazy. what you can jam out tonight on your Seriously. way home. <laughs> Seriously. Damn, I didn't even know that. Yeah. Makes sense. Six years though. old, still run, running through albums. Makes sense, though. So it was a good show. Making Anyways. that Martha Stewart money and the movie money. Yeah. yeah. And doing, doing it all. Football. He's announcing on different things. No, yeah. Damn. He's still performing. Yeah. He's. I think he... I could be wrong in saying this, but doesn't he doesn't he have some ownership in the Death Row record label? I think so. I mean, that's still around. I think it so. was cool to see that they had like Death Row stuff around. I was like, yeah, yeah buddy, dude, that <sighs> takes me back to junior high, high school, bro. And next time, <laughs> I missed it. Yeah, no, nah, it, was, it was a good show. But yeah, so whiskey and cigars, you know, those go hand in hand. I have to do that. I might have to do that. Okay, well, now now I'm wasting time. <laughs> so yeah, it's been a long on. week. I don't know if it's just been too much going on, stress, but. So I got a question. Yeah. 
have in, I don't want to say it's an issue, but it's more of a concern that I think I'm seeing a lot more of it now, but stagnant contracts. Ooh, we're getting into the, the construction questions. Huh? We, we're, we're doing it. We're just jumping into it. I like it. That's where my week has gone. Okay. Okay. Like, Man, I wish, wish these cats would just make these decisions and just move forward. Yep. And there's one where it's, okay, we've, we've got everything lined up, ready to go. And it's like, oh, okay, we want to wait, you know, a couple weeks. And you're like, all right, a couple weeks turns into we're about a month and a half yep. now. Yep. And it's like, okay, so we're starting to get little whiffs of, all right, we're probably going to get started next week. I was like, okay, well, that timeline that we're we not worked ready. out yeah. <laughs> has gone out the window. Totally. We get everybody totally. back on and stuff. Are you seeing that too? Yeah, I, you say it's not a problem. That is a problem right now, Ugh. full on. Like I think now's a great time to bring that up. Um, tell me in, in some of y'all's process mm. uh, with con- with contracts. Contracts are in my in, in our industry. Contracts can be tricky because when do you sign a contract, right? And let's let's start with like the basic principle of you meet a client, you're not just putting together a bid and being like, do you like it? Let's sign a contract, you know, or hey, we want to list your house to sell it. Let's sign a contract. It's not that black and white. Oftentimes you're starting with with an architect and starting to design a house Mm -hmm. and a client says our budget is X and we want to build something around the idea of Y Mm -hmm. and you go, okay, that seems to fit. If you're willing to work within your selections. Sounds about right. Yeah. 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 Right. Mm -hmm. And that's right. When your sales process starts Mm -hmm. of like, okay, are you willing to work in certain packages? Can we build a budget around your budget? Right. Yes. But at that point, you're, you don't even know what they're putting in, what they want to put in the house. They don't even know. No. Right. So you may ask some early questions on, I mean, I always tend to word it this way of like, what are you a snob about? What do you have to have in this house? What what does your life revolve around? And whether it's appliances and cooking in the kitchen and having that entertainment space yeah. or outdoor living, you can start to formulate that, okay, spend a little more money here, a little more money there. Mm-hmm. They want to be in a mountainous area. They want a view. Mm-hmm. You can start to formulate all this, but it still doesn't mean you're getting into the nitty gritty. I mean, how many guys do you sit there with and their wife says, we want X, Y, and Z. And then they say, but I would also like the garage, the man cave the solar, the backup battery, the generator, you know, all the above. Right. You sit there and go, okay. In your budget, you could probably flirt with some of those. <laughs> Not all of them. Right. So, so I mean, let's, going back to the, the question, like, when do you even get to a contract? You know, in your world, it's probably very similar, could be very different from mine. How long does it take to get to a contract? <sighs> and is there any pre-construction services or pre-contracts before the contract? Yes, I've worked for companies where there things are questionable up front, mm-hmm. and then companies where contracts are done in the pre-con level, yep. and then contracts are done in the construction level too. Yep. Both systems have its pros and cons. Yeah. Obviously, I think I like the pre-con aspects of things because you get most everything most everything selected before construction even starts right right but then you still run into issues with things changing yeah or prices changing or totally 
client, oh man, I really didn't like that. It looked good six months ago, but mm -hmm. now, I don't know, can we revisit this? We went through a parade of homes house and yeah. we took pictures. Exactly. And we love this look. Exactly. <laughs> so it's like, I don't think anybody really has it down packed, per right. se. But I think you're right. It's you have to prep the client as much as you possibly can. Totally. But it's still, like I always say, it's still construction. Yeah. So let, right, like change. let's split those hairs. You have to prep the client as much as you can. Mm -hmm. So now how much time are you spending that's yep. free? Yep. You know, like we, we can't forget pre-con. So I'll tell you exactly kind of how we do it, right? Okay. It's, it may be a little easier for me to speak candidly or bluntly on some of that. Okay. Um, we typically will do two to five, what we call meet and greet discovery, you know, sessions, whether it's zoom calls, in-person meetings, phone calls, whatever it is that kind of gets us around the, like, what is this client wanting to do? Okay. You know, and we may be exploring into some plans, whether they're looking online or they've already been working with an architect. We'll get into some pictures if they have a house profile saved or if they've been finding things online somewhere. Mm -hmm. Even if they're using our website, we'll kind of get into some design concepts. Um, we ask some of our staple questions of, you know, what area are you looking for land or do you already have land? Can we look at those? Okay. Those are about the first two to five meetings. And that gets us to the point of what we call our letter of intent contract, which is like a pre-construction services contract that's, that really it's a two-page I call it a non-binding contract. I always kind of tell my clients it's non-binding. It doesn't guarantee we're going to work together because mm. we're still new in this relationship, yeah. right? Like we still, still don't even know. Still I still expect they're interviewing other contractors at this point. Yeah, for sure. But we get to the point of it's kind of like shit or get off the pot. Like, are you serious? Mm -hmm. If you are, we require a $10,000 deposit up front that's non-refundable. Okay, so that kind of gets us into like that, hey, you're signing something. You're putting some money where your mouth is and mm -hmm. you're serious about moving forward. Mm -hmm. And at that point, we'll start to engage a little bit more, I would say, at company resources okay. to get them there. Whether we're producing some early bids, some cost breakdowns, uh, we're sitting in meetings with their architects, their interior designers. We're now kind of moving into the process. Mm -hmm. But we feel like we have some retainage that says we're getting paid for this, right. whether you work with us or not. One way or another. Yeah. And yeah. really, the the... I would say the setting aside the $10,000 non-refundable earnest money uh, up front is the, the next kind of most binding part of that is uh, don't share our documents directly with another contractor. Mm, don't take my bid to a competitor and say, can you beat this? And he goes, well, the appliances look high. Yep. I think I can beat them by $10,000. Yeah. Like it's not fair. Gotcha. You know, so it just, it gives us a little bit of some discreet, you know, uh, concepts behind it. Okay. Um, but that really is, you know, from meet meet and greet to like the first fifth meeting, so to speak. Yeah. Um, and then we're now in kind of what you're describing as this in between pre-construction and construction. Right. And that can go months, years. Mm -hmm. We've seen it go years. We really have. Right. A lot of our clients, it goes years into. Yep. You know, and sense. so you work all the way to this point. We oftentimes don't sign a solidified contract until we're. Now is that your construction? Yeah. Contract? Construction contract, okay. you know, so okay. to speak. And at that point we don't sign like that full blown contract and collect a deposit mm -hmm. until we're either ready to submit for permits or have received a permit and are ready to pay for them and start digging the house. So at the beginning part of your construction contract, you're still figuring out selections yeah. as you go through. Okay. 
Yeah, so pre-construction in that LOI phase, that letter of intent phase, we're not doing a whole lot of selections. Got it. Okay. I mean, that's kind of just like, hey, do, do we trust each other? Is this yeah. going down the right path? Have we have we figured out that we can communicate? Like I always tell clients, the first five meetings are for us to get to the point where we feel like we can trust each other and we communicate the same way. Mm-hmm. If we're there and we're on the same team, we jive, then we can get to the construction contract. So let's get this letter of intent in place and let's plan on pre-construction services. Right. But then really from letter of intent to construction contract, that's when we're doing our damnedest to get plans solidified, interior design selections done, bids on everything, contracts in place. We believe that, you know, even though we haven't signed that construction contract, that pre-construction services is paying us to get there. Okay. Right. So you got monies that are built in to your hours. Yeah. Okay, so that's where, okay. Which is not much. I mean, you're talking a, a LOI at 10,000 bucks. Yeah, you could blow through that. And most clients, you know, once you get there are serious, they're going to move forward within the next, let's say, two months to five months. Yeah. You know, and your resources can be semi-limited. Um, if we do interior design services for them, we're now hiring that as a separate contract. So whether our interior designer or some outside interior designers working, Got it. you know, our, our Breen Homes resources are attending some of those meetings, okay. you know, starting to bid out some product, mm-hmm. reviewing the plans. If we're helping submit with a permit, that kind of stuff. Okay. It's all pre-con type stuff. Um, when we get to construction contract, yes, it's a goal to have as many selections done as we can, bids in place, cost breakdown done, a permit set of plans, mm-hmm. and we're ready to go into construction. But to your point, if we get a client that gets right there, Mm-hmm. And we've done, for those who can't see this up and down graph, right? <laughs> right. Of like, what are the costs? We want this. Never mind. We can't afford it. Wait, we want this. We got the house got too big. We now got to shrink it. Yep. We'll rebid a house 10, 20, 30 times sometimes, right? Constantly going through this process as they design with an, an architect, an engineer, the land, whatever it is that changes the cost of this house. Right. Product uh, you know, questions, whatever it might be. That when we get to that point of contract we're now saying okay deposit in place construction deposit construction contract we're ready to build Mm -hmm. there's a lot of clients that are going wait a minute Mm -hmm. especially right now this is where you kind of came to the point of a stagnant contract Mm -hmm. you know whether it's and let's talk about what can delay you at that point permits can take forever absolutely you and i both know that you can submit it and go oh we didn't expect that hold on got a geological problem we got a civil engineering problem Mm -hmm. we got a a variance that we didn't expect them a lot, you know, so that could start you right alone, right. You know, in a delay right there. Right. In today's market, you get a client that goes, we didn't plan on these interest rates, you yeah. know, or the economy's a little questionable. Mm-hmm. We're going into an election year. Mm-hmm. We might just want to hold off and see what happens with the economy. So hold on. I'm not sure I want to open up to that, you know, open up my bank account to that money right now. Right. You know, so now we're in a stagnant contract. Just to your point, now what do we do? Exactly. And how stagnant, what at what point does it become stagnant? Exactly. You know, and I think we get a lot of clients that when it's their choice to hold it off, it's kind of like they're always awkward about it, right? It's mm-hmm. like a breakup, like, hey, <laughs> it's not you, it's me. Yeah, I, <laughs> man, I I'm sorry. I've I've been needing to call you for the last 30 days. Yep. You know, like I mm-hmm. I've just I've got this thing with my business right now. It's like, that's how it always starts. Yeah. Right? Like they don't want to tell you that I don't have the money. Exactly. Or me and my wife are in a fight right. about this and it's too much stress. 
or my kids suddenly just entered club sports and that's costing us an extra 10 grand a month. Like right. there's a million reasons, but they're always, mm-hmm. they always are just like, it's, we just, we just need a minute. It's a hard conversation. Right. Every time, right? But then when they're turned back on and ready, yeah. they expect you to engage. Just hurry up and go. And when it's you, it's not just you. It's they expect your entire team to engage. Mm-hmm. We want to see the bids that are in place. We want to know the schedule. We want to start the process. We want to dig right. tomorrow. Right. And you, you asked like my project manager, Justin, he's like, I can't do anything for at least three weeks. Yeah. If I have to call the engineer to come out and stake the lot, he'll tell me he's two or three weeks out before he can come stake it. Mm-hmm. Let alone an if excavator to big it. Yeah. yeah. And if we rush it and we call an excavator, he's like, man, I, you're lucky. I happen to have a break. I can jump in it tomorrow. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean the next guy's going to be ready. Mm-hmm. You're going to be waiting for him anyways. Yeah. You know, window packages to order, trust designs. You know, it's like, so yeah, I mean, if they turn that switch off. Right. For anything longer than, let's say, a week or two, it goes stagnant fast. It's crazy. It's, it's not crazy to me. It's just being in this so long, and, and I don't even know all the ins and outs, but just looking at what the A contractor has to do mm-hmm. to just dig a hole in the ground. Yeah, and yeah. From that hole, then this comes, then this comes, and yep. this comes, and having to understand it all and also orchestrate everybody coming in when they're supposed to come in and do what they are supposed to do, when and how they're supposed to do it. And it's, it, it's just interesting to me to see clients go, oh, yeah, that's great. I still want it done this day. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, no, that's great. I still want it done this way. So make sure this happens. Yeah. It's like, okay, we can do that. However, right. <laughs> you need to understand the rest totally. of the repercussions behind it. Yeah. I mean, it, we, we said this on one of the more previous podcasts. Construction is a logistical nightmare. Period. Like there's no way to work. Client, take anybody that's listening to this. Just so you can work it into your own mind. Let's say RC Willie is delivering a couch to your house. Mm-hmm. Just, just, just that simple thing. A couch from RC Willie. Mm-hmm. They pull down your neighborhood, neighborhood in a semi. Mm-hmm. Like, doesn't that piss off all your neighbors? They park the semi right in the middle of the road. They pull out their ramp. They've got two or three guys there. They've got big boxes that don't fit in your garbage can, right? Like, there's just a couch alone. Right. And most likely they're calling you on a Saturday or Sunday saying they're going to be there in 45 minutes and you're busy with the family or you're out in the yard. and yep. You got to leave all your crap out there. Like that alone, now times that by what, 8,000? Right. I mean, construction is a logistical nightmare. On the best day. Yes. And so the, in, in a lot of ways, it's like that's what people have to respect that we as contractors and custom home builders have to do. Right. Right. We know that that is the hardest part of our job, but it's, that's what we're good at, you know? And so- it often feels like, you know, we're flying by the seat of our pants, so to speak. Mm. In certain ways, you kind of have to. I mean, things happen. Jobs slow down. Jobs speed up. Um, there's times you have to re- I mean, You're constantly rescheduling these subcontractors and people to get on the job. Mm-hmm. You're dealing with deliveries, logistical issues in different states and different countries, wherever it's coming from, whether it's coming off of a boat or by land. You're trying to get it here at the right time so people can install it. If you're getting you know, $100,000 worth of marble delivered to a job mm-hmm. and that's going to show up on a truck Saturday at 8 p.m. What the hell do you do with it for 48 hours? 
because the guys that are delivered on the truck were only paid to drop it off at the curb. Right. You don't want to pay for a forklift rental to sit there all weekend long. So you're trying, like, I mean, it is, it's a logistical yeah. nightmare. And Absolutely. to think taking, you know, I mean, marble, let's not go through the whole process, but mm. just getting it to your home in a truck delivered. And then think about the machinery you got to use to get it off of a truck onto the curb right. and then across the dirt into a house, mm-hmm. finished house mm-hmm. virtually mm-hmm. hand carried and set into place unscathed. And we're just talking like from yep. curb to house, Yep, a hundred thousand dollars worth of marble slabs. And people have got to literally pick this up and move it by hand into a house. Yep. You know, so it is, it's, I just, there's no better way to put it other than that. It's a logistical nightmare. So back to, you know, early on, we're discussing this, this stagnant contract, right? If a, if a contract goes a two or three or four week delay, it, there, there's a couple of ways you have to look at it. If your team or you, your company, my company is actively working on this and the client's just delaying it, so to speak, you know, like we're not quite ready or we've got holds up to, maybe it's not the client, maybe it's the city holding up and permit issues. Okay. Maybe it's changes to the plans, whatever it is, yeah. but you're actively working on as a team, getting bids. Uh, communicating with the city, communicating with the architect, communicating with the interior designers, you've got to charge. There's got to be some sort of charge for it. Mm-hmm. You can't just sit there on it. Yeah. Now, if you're going to turn the light switch off because you don't want to spend money. Mm-hmm. So we, I think I told you a couple episodes ago, we've been trying to find the right way to work in the, a monthly base charge of pre-construction fees. Okay. We're struggling with it. We haven't hit it yet, mm-hmm. but we're working on this concept. Because we do so much work for free early on, right? Right. right. Um, so that's coming to play right now. Flip side is uh, the client decides to turn it off. Guys, I don't want to spend money. Don't think about it. We just need a hard delay for a minute. You Full can't off. turn it back on. Full off. Yeah. What do you mean you can't turn you it back can't, on? You can't. I don't mean you can't turn it back on. You can't just flip the light switch and expect the light oh, to turn on. got you. Okay, yeah, yeah. You can turn it back on. It's right. just turning a cruise ship. Yeah, it's going to take time. It's going to take a minute. Yeah. It's going to take a minute for you to get your team, mm-hmm. get them back on board, get the phone calls going out, the bids in place, the yep. inters, lines of selections all caught up, mm-hmm. you know, and then just to put the guys on schedule and excavate on the job site to show up and dig. Right. It's going to take three, four, five, six weeks to get rolling. Got it. It is. Yeah. You know, so if a client comes in and says, hey, we want to delay this for a minute. It's the holiday season. We're going on vacation. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, do you, do you want us to turn it off? Mm-hmm. Or do you want us just to slow play it for a minute? You know? So, yeah, they become stagnant. And do you have, and you're seeing that a lot too. Yeah, right now, right now. And I, I think it's a combination of the uncertainty in the economy, the interest rates, the election year, mm-hmm. you know, everybody's business. Uh, I, I had mentioned earlier, uh, which we could probably talk about, you know, either maybe on this cast or another cast, uh, a survey that was recently put out by ProBuilder uh, called, uh, the housing giants survey. And, okay. uh, it, it's, it's 250 of the nation's largest builders. So let's call it more of the production builders, but 250 companies, that's a lot of companies out there. Um, they had mentioned in part of the survey that just came out and I'm doing a bunch of little mini series on it, on my social media, uh, 79% of the builders said that in 2023, their goal is to create uh, efficiencies within their operations. Okay. You know, so where I kind of tie this back to like the economy right now and what's going on, why people are causing stagnant contracts is 
I have this belief that in our industry over 2020, 2021, 2022, we had this unknown insane growth, right? Mm -hmm. Like just this COVID hit and we're like, it's over. The world as we know it is ending. Aliens are coming. Mm -hmm. And then overnight it was like, boom, things took off. We couldn't get anything. It was even worse of a logistical nightmare. And suddenly we found ourselves hiring more employees to deal with management, Mm -hmm. labor control, logistics, whatever it was. I think a lot of us hired because we just saw it growing like crazy. It was like, I guess I got to hire. It's just way too busy. And and I'm getting this perspective that these housing giants, these big builders are going, we hired 30% more. We did. We grew. But the 30% more are doing jobs that we never really had to do pre-COVID. Whether it's pre-ordering with shipping shipping and logistics, storing, whether it's managing technology, there's a lot more pressures and requirements put on us from a city perspective, whether it's dealing with OSHA and SWIP, you know, job site safety, anything like that. I think there's all this stuff that's brewed up over the past two, three, four, five years that now we're going, we, we all have, not all of us, but most of us have larger overheads than we expected. Yeah. And the market seems a little stagnant, interest rates, slow down in the economy. How do we become more efficient? I can't keep up this overhead. That makes sense. Yeah. So how do I become more efficient with what I have yeah. so I can take on more work? Because there's enough work out there mm-hmm. or I end up having to let people go. Right. You know, so I, I think if you take that just outside of our industry, I think a lot of other businesses are feeling very similar. Right. Yeah. COVID hit. People started working from home. Right. Maybe they didn't, they didn't need that many employees. Maybe they didn't need the office managers because no one's sitting in the office. Yeah. You know, so they're, they're all sitting here going, things are a little weird, shaky, foggy. I don't know the right, the right term to put on it. Right. You know? All right, man. This is amazing discussion right now. I'm like stupid into it. So I think what we should probably do is just make this a part two. What do yeah, you man. You know, you know me. You get me talking. I'm going to keep going. So if we're hitting a time, let's start a, a part two.